What do you think about mar borrowing money to others? Like lending money? Yes. Um, so off the top of my head, I, um, I know that God's law talks about, um, when you lend to your own people, so the nation of Israel, those people, the church. So it'd be the church um, now, and there's probably some other principle to apply here though. They were not supposed to um, take interest. Mm -hmm. There's no interest. So, but they did have to pay you back. If they couldn't pay you back, then they were supposed to work for you, mm -hmm. which is what they called slavery in the old covenant. It was basically just working off a debt. And then every seven years, though, there was a Sabbath year where all debts were forgiven. So um, so in that Sabbath year, you'd be forgiven anyway. And it even says in Deuteronomy, I can't remember the chapter off the top of my head. I think it's 15. Um, but it even says in there that if the Sabbath year is near, don't have disdain for your brother who's in need. It was even telling them like, you know you're not even going to get the money back and you know you're not even going to really get work back but you're giving it to him and then sabbath year comes and it's all over right and moses in that passage is saying don't have disdain for your brother um still give him like give him what he needs still help your brother in need do not have disdain for him if the sabbath year is near and this assumes that you have it to lend as well yes of course i mean that in, in that day and age, obviously, there wasn't, you Letters. know, lines of credit. Yeah, or, you know. I mean, credit. they were just other people. That was your creditor. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm, I, I guess if you wanted to help a brother out, you could ask, you know, There's a parable, person. too. There's one of Jesus's parables, remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, also, it says that the borrower is slave to the lender. So yes, keep that in mind. It will, it will uh, change the relationship. And so... One of our rules personally has been whatever we give to people is just what we know we can afford to give freely without right. even assuming we'll ever see it ever again. Yep. So if we can't afford to do that. We just don't. Yeah. If I can't afford to just freely give it away, mm -hmm. then I don't even want to, you don't owe me. You don't, I'm not going to, yeah, I don't, don't want to do that. I'm not, I don't want you to become my slave, Right. you know, and change the relationship more than happy to help more than happy to help anyone in need and christians are called to be generous yep so so what do you think pretty yeah I, I i think i think you guys have hit most of the main main topics there's the one the one line a friend a friend of mine always says like um we kind of have a running like thing where i i try to buy his breakfast and he won't let me he just start, <laughs> like he just always pays for breakfast um and i actually seriously do try to, to do that. um and his line is like he always snatched the thing in, his, in the bill and his, his his line is it's god's money so it doesn't matter which one one of us pays and he's like and so the principle though that i look at that is not like like obviously he's he is more well off than i am at his time of life than where i am mm -hmm. but like it's one of those principles like your your money isn't your money 
You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like your money was blessed to you to use to build the kingdom. And some of that will be to be a good steward in terms of like pay for your pay pay your mortgage, pay your rent, put food mm -hmm. on the table for your family. Yeah. Have have things to do so your kids aren't running around the streets breaking into into things. There's a cat in the background. Um, you know what I mean? Like okay. all those all those little things. But it's that's you using it for the kingdom. The money that you get is for the kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. Um and so like the idea of like if a, if a friend of mine is in need or needs me to be generous and I have the means to do so, then a hundred percent, I think we're, we're fine to do that. I think, and then the biblical principles come in, no interest. I, I would do the same. Um, and I have done the same as what you guys say, never like be generous, give it away. Don't expect it back. Yeah. I mean, like if, if, if I've lent it, if I get a cent back from anything I've ever lent, I'm, I'm, usually shocked because usually i would say it's just a gift don't even right. don't even think yeah. about paying it back yeah because lending money weirdly is kind of like like the like the gospel in a way where it's like jesus doesn't pay for our sins and then say well now go back and earn it you mm -hmm. know what i mean like mm -hmm. it's it's like here's i've done this thing for you beyond what you could ever yeah grace hope to repair right it's grace mm -hmm. and so like if, if you're in the position to help somebody out financially and, and lend money and you can do so without jeopardizing all the things that you're called to do with that money in the first place mm -hmm. then do do so and then do so in the spirit of christ paying for your sins where it's like don't ever expect to see this money back you know what i mean like right. um yeah um and, th and this is a tough one because like you know like it takes it takes a lot of it takes a lot of, what's the word that I want? A lot of like mental um, work to not think, well, I just loaned you bucks, why are you going to McDonald's? You know what I mean? Like, yep. you, know, you know what I mean? Like, in those things to not, to not then be the master over somebody who you've lent money to, to just be like, you use it how it is. Like, I always think about this with like um, homeless people. So yeah. homeless person asks for $5. And you give them five dollars. If they go and use it to buy booze, are you responsible for that? Mm -hmm. And so I asked Doug Wilson this question one time. We were um, in a room, and I asked him, like, "Am I responsible?" And he was like, "Give to Caesar what's Caesar's." And he's like, "Whose image is on your money?" And I'm like, "Well, the government's." And he's like, "Well, then who cares what? You're not responsible for what they do with the money. Mm -hmm. Your 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 responsibility is the obedience. Can you can you help in this situation? Or you can't. And it's like so." Um, Basically, where I was going with that was like, we we need to be more less attached to our own finances, if that's the right mm -hmm. way to put it. You know what I mean? So, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, that, was, that was fun. <laughs> uh, agreed. Okay. What do we got? This is an interesting one. Do you think rejecting biblical baptism has led us to a place in culture? that craves and searches for identity, such as identity in Black Lives Matter or other organizations? Um, 100%. I'm trying to think of something I either read or was talking, I was having a conversation with somebody about, about identities and how, um, you know, we, Obviously, in baptism, we understand that we are given the name of the triune God, 
right? That is the formula. You're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so all Christians are given a new identity. Oh, this is what it was. It was actually an episode, an episode of Cross Politic, and they had an ex-cop, a uh, black guy, but talking, they're talking about everything that's going on. And he mentioned how... Get down, cat. <laughs> Sorry, he's not supposed to be up there. That's gross. Um, but this guy mentioned that a lot of his other um, black friends will say to him, because he became a cop, they said to him, you're not black anymore, you're blue. And it just... It made me instantly think of identity and what we identify as and how in people's eyes, that for sure changes you. Mm -hmm. And so for this guy, now he's all of a sudden not black anymore because he put on a certain uniform that in the eyes of his friends or the other people of his community changed him. And then we see this with baptism in Muslim communities Mm -hmm. and other cultures um, in the world, um, I'm thinking of China, mm-hmm. where some churches have to like cut off their video live feed during baptisms because there's people from China and they have family members. And if they saw their you know, son or grandson get baptized and word got back to China, and this is a situation um, that, that actually uh, happened. Yeah, that actually mm-hmm. happened. Um, that I, I knew the guy. It would be or hostile. Not the guy. Right. It would, it would create a hostile situation for the family back in China. And this happens with a lot of Muslim communities and probably others too. Um, but it just made me think of uh, baptism and how that does change your identity. Before your baptism, you're not a baptized person. After baptism, you are now baptized. It does change who you are. And before that event, you are not marked with the sign of the covenant with God's name upon you. And then after that event, now you are. It does change you. Made a chi- I'm trying to think, is it the Heidelberg that says you are made a child of God in baptism? Like you are given that name. Mm-hmm. The name is placed upon you. Well, it's and that's like the- Calvin's. Calvin's the first catechism that mm-hmm. John Calvin wrote um, teaching little kids was how do you know you're a child of God? And that was one of the things that they were taught is that I've been baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and, the, and that is a way in which you don't take the Lord's name in vain. Like mm-hmm. taking, like you are given the name of the Lord. Now don't take that name in vain. Yeah. It's more than just, you know, don't say a bad word. Oh yeah, definitely. But what our culture right now is doing when it comes to this identity stuff is they are seeking that change, right? They, feel the weight of guilt and shame because they're born in a sinful state and they're Mm -hmm. living in a state of depravity and of course are searching for some way to remove that and this happens in a number of different ways rush dooney's book the politics of guilt and pity i've read like five pages at the very beginning and everything he talks about this is like in the 50s in the 60s and everything he talks about in this book applies directly to today it's like you're reading him write something based on what's going on right now but people people try to remove their guilt they want to seek their own regeneration and transformation they want to seek um how to give themselves a new life right Mm -hmm. and and so of course they're going to attach to 
the name of a movement or something like that. And if you're not part of that movement, right? Like they said, no, you're blue. Mm -hmm. You're a different identity. You're a different people. Right. This is how Satan works too. He's always distorting signs and symbols that God yeah, he's has a copy instituted, cat. right? Yeah. So it would totally make sense that someone's name has to be on you. And deep down right. in us, we know this is true. Someone's name is on us. Mm -hmm. And it's also unfulfilling if it's not the triune God whose name is on you. So eventually Black Lives Matter will no longer exist and people will find another name to try yep. and be baptized into. Right. Yep. So yeah, yeah, I definitely see it. the The thing, the thing with this is like, um, we're we're all created for community, right? We're all created yeah. to be part of a body, mm -hmm. um, and so like, every, everyone, whether they recognize it or not, identifies as some sort of subculture, some sort of like community. Whether it's um, a sports team that they elevate and like, you know, I'm one of them now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm a Yankees fan. I'm a whatever. We also see it with like people who take that even farther into like secret societies, the mm -hmm. Hells Angels, like mm -hmm. um, the mafia, like all yeah. like subcultures that are even even to the point where they'll break right. laws gladly for their subculture. We see this with like um, cults and things like that all, all over the place because people are wired to be in mm -hmm. a, a, a smaller body. If that makes, if that makes, if that makes sense, and I think I think you're bang on, Grant, when you're saying about every single person is we're we're we're, mere, we're image bearers, but not everybody has, not everybody's chosen to be an image bearer of the correct image. You know what I mean? If that makes sense, mm -hmm. but everybody's going to try to fill that place in their in their lives whose image they're going to mm -hmm. they're going to like uh, right. uh, reflect, and so like when we look at it like if you're not identifying as a Christian, if you're not somebody who's, you know, been baptized into, into the faith, you're going to find a way to fill that void in your lives, mm -hmm. whether, whether it's black lives matter for now, or if it's, you know, six years from now, it's, you know, atheist anonymous, or if it's alcohol <laughs> or whatever, like whatever you're going to like try to fill that void that you're going to identify as I'm of this. Yep. We're all, we're all down to do that because we're all idol makers. All, all idol makers right so all this is is idolatry so everything when you look at like black lives matter well what is what's the what's the problem there it's idolatry they're putting that on a pedestal yeah. above other things you know what i mean and we can we we have talked about and we will i'm sure talk about more about like well is that a good idol to have no because there's only one thing that we should put on the pedestal and that's mm -hmm. jesus and so like anything we put on that on that pedestal is bad and with us being wired to crave a community to, to be with, to be on that idol with us, things like Black Lives Matter, things like, and I think this is why there is such a political divide in so many countries, because how many Americans identify as I'm an American and I'm a Republican? Those are the, and then if, the, if they're a Christian, it's down here, you know what I mean? Or if it's mm -hmm. like, I'm a this as well, you know what I mean? Where it's like, well, no you're a Christian or you're mm -hmm. not, there's no, there's no other yeah. option, right? Like, um, and so it's like one of those things where I think, I, again, the church is the only one that ever gets this anywhere close to right. And we're not perfect at it. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's where I'm going. I like yeah. it. Yeah.
and, and the, the thing, sorry, I'm, I got more. Uh, you got more people. About it, the thing that's interesting about it is like, I don't want people to hear that I'm saying like a Christian can't then be a, like, I, I couldn't be, a, I couldn't say I'm a Christian and I'm an American. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's or just, you can it's be just, a Christian and a Yankees fan. Exactly. You can, be a, you can be a Yankees fan who glorifies God by being a Yankees fan. Yeah, I, I find that hard, but I mean, like, <laughs> it's it's all about putting like uh, you guys. You guys have read the book. I can't remember what book it is. I think it's "Let the Nations Be Glad," where Piper talks about the idea of like you can have everything that God has created in the appropriately godly way right. and enjoy God through that thing. Like, right. you can love cupcakes and eat cupcakes to the glory of God. Yeah. And only somebody who's finding their joy in God can correctly enjoy cupcakes. Right. And it's like one of those things where it's like only, only a Christian can properly find joy in sports. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and it's not sinful for me to love to watch a, so- a soccer game because I'm putting that in the appropriate place that God has given me the joy of watching men kick a ball around. You know what I mean? Because it's not, it's not the idol of my life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I can I can clearly recognize how that can easily get perverted. Yeah. Right. In, in my life, you know what I mean. So like, and that and I think that's the struggle, right? That's the that's the thing about like always knowing who who your identity is in. And I think um, you know once we once we properly put all things in perspective, it's very easy to have joy in all the other little things, but not be like not identify as that, so to speak. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yes. I love it. Is that? Is that it? Oh, I've got more. I these this is the short list. This is a short list? Yeah. I don't Damn. know where we're even at on time. Hey, you got we, one more? Wait, what it this, this is an we're an hour and ten minutes on the second part. Man, we got like three episodes out of this. <laughs> totally good. So yeah. we could just put one out like every day this week, right? One, two, three plus yours is four. Just load them all four. up. I mean four. why not, right? Okay, well I got Another good question. Are you are you good for it, Pooty? Sure. Sure. All right. Okay. Here we go. Do you think it's a sin if a Christian doesn't celebrate the Sabbath? So, okay, I, I would I would want sorry, I'm jumping in first. I would, go for I would it. want the person to to, to identify like to define for me what they, they they would say celebrate the Sabbath is. It's a so good, like, it's a good lead. So if if they mean like they completely try to adhere to the Jewish like standards of what the Sabbath would be, I'd be like, I would, I would say that's not sinful, so to speak. I would just say like, your conscience can do you there, but I'm not going to follow <laughs> that. However, I do, I do think the principle of the Sabbath is something that we should adhere to. I do believe like, what I mean by that, and so like, and let me define my term since I'm telling them to define theirs. Um, what I mean by that is like re- resting in the Lord, taking a day that is strictly to glorify him, to not do my daily routine of work, to not do my daily um, grind, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, because the principle of the Sabbath is God worked for six days and he rested. But what did he do on the rest day? Well, the, the world glorified his name, right? So, like, I look at that and be like, I, I can do that, but I can do that on Saturdays as opposed to Sundays or whatever, and I can do that 
because me and my wife go for a, a long walk and we make coffee and we make a make dinner and stuff like that. We're, mm-hmm. I would say we're keeping the Sabbath there, even though we're doing things that the Jewish law would say we weren't supposed to do um, because the heart condition is Sabbath, if that makes sense. Um, now, right up front, I would say like, I, I don't think, I think we've been, I think this is one of those areas that I think our conscience dictates how we do this. You know what I mean? So, um, I don't. I think we would be breaking the Sabbath if somebody was to work seven days a week every week. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And just keep going and Definitely. keep moving away. Um, or we all we all know this man who works six days of the week and then comes home and doesn't enjoy being with his family, so he works or goes golfing and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. he's out doing his own thing or out in his garage pounding on his car all day. I would say that's equally not observing the Sabbath because he's not taking that time to rest in the Lord. Yeah. Now, again, I would say we have to look at what the conscience says. Well, what is that? Well, like for me, hanging out on my front porch with me and my wife, both reading, that's we're, we're together enjoying each other's company, enjoying God. You know and I mean, like, so I would say we're, we would be keeping the Sabbath in that area. So, uh, but like, I would say, yeah, conscience. Yeah, I think that plays a big factor, but I I think the sin is is when you are when you are confronted with the topic or with the command and you just dismiss it. Like that that's predominantly where the sin would be in this. I think there is a lot of wisdom to be applied. I do think um it is the Andy Stanley type thinking in the, you know, even the I don't even want to say evangelical church, but just in the church in general that just wants to ditch anything that was Old Testament. And, um, but I think even when you do that, you see that the people of God met together on the first day of the week and that Jesus never, you know, spoke against Sabbathing. He spoke against their way of understanding the Sabbath Mm -hmm. because he healed people. And then they got on him about that. And he was like, well, you just don't understand Sabbath. Jesus didn't say, oh, well, no, the Sabbath is done with now. Um, Which he totally could have. And so could have Paul. He did that very explicitly multiple times with circumcision. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, but I think, I think if you're going to sin in regards to the Sabbath, it would definitely be sinning against your conscience if God is, you know, uh, helped you understand something from scripture that you, you realize you have not been Sabbathing and then you just still disobey and, you know, you're sinning now. And, and I know that everyone's life looks a little different. We talked about this in our episode recently, how it, it may look a little different, but obviously just disregard for it. And I, and I, I was raised in a, you know, denomination that pretty much disregarded it. And I mean, most dispensational churches, by and large, do. Yeah, that's probably true. And so I know they did, for sure. It was go to church and then just still do whatever the heck you want to do. And pastors had counseling meetings on Sundays and met with people in meetings. And they were still working like that whole day and everything. They didn't They didn't try to, um, you know, rest with their family or do anything or, or, or at least do things like, you know, because I know there's like Sunday night services in a lot of churches and stuff like that, like things that still are for the edification and benefit, mm-hmm. not more so work. 
Um, but anyway. Do you think it'd be helpful to maybe say, I mean, rest is a biblical term, but rest has connotations with it, like recharge, like there's yeah. a recharging that happens on the Sabbath where you're refreshed and renewed mm -hmm. and you're not good because you're not doing like Pudi, you said your typical daily grind. Um, and even that's why a pastor can work on the Sabbath because he's the orator of God's word. Mm -hmm. And that is in itself like recharging, refreshing. It's life-giving. Yeah. Or an act of mercy, right? Yeah. To do that kind of work. But yeah. yeah and that's, and like, there's that verse in Ephesians where it talks about like, um, making the doing the best thing that you can do like make the best use of your time mm -hmm. um so like the best use even on the sabbath the best use of our time is to still glorify god so like going to church and like the pastor preaching the word of god there's no better thing he can be doing with his right. time than that right like um so like even though that's technically work for him right there, there's nothing better he could be doing with his time like which is i think some of the principle of like jesus healing people on the sabbath and being like you just don't, don't get it. Like, I'm mm -hmm. still going to do this because that's at that moment, that was the best thing you could do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, and it's like, that's the most glorifying to, to God thing you could do at that time, at that time. So, um, I admit the, there's lots of, there's lots of little caveats in that where I'm like, mm, I wonder about this, but yeah. Mm. Okay. So the next question follows along pretty much right along the same vein. Okay. What does your Sabbath look like? How do you practice, in quotes, your Sabbath? So we started doing... Did we talk about this? I know we intended to talk about it on yeah. our episode, but I don't think we ever got to it. Yeah, I think we wanted to, and then, and then things got away from us. But we started doing this, what, <laughs> year, year and a half mm -hmm. ago? And um, a lot of it was heavily-ish influenced by... Um, Doug Wilson and his family, mm -hmm. and you've listened to what have you, his daughter's podcast, and they talk a lot about their Sabbath practices on their podcast. And we were just like, that sounds so awesome. And so um, sounds like it would be so good for our family. Let's, let's start doing our version of this. And so one thing that's distinct that they do is that they start Sabbath Saturday night at sundown. And then basically they, so they observe Sabbath from Saturday evening till Sunday evening, mm -hmm. which is pretty biblical because the days of creation did begin with evening and it was evening and morning the first day, evening and morning the second day. Um, but there are some other practical things that we were like, yeah, that will be awesome. Is that if you're going to do um, a big meal on Sabbath, which is something that we um, took from them too is to have a big celebratory meal where you bring out the nice dishes full meal and everybody gets wine and it's uh, uh has a real strong celebratory feel like to a festive. it yeah more of a festive feel you get you know cloth napkins and a whole like the whole spread right um well if you do that saturday night you've had saturday to prepare it then you go to bed excited for worship the next morning, gather for worship, and then when you come home, it's actually rest mm -hmm. for the rest of the day. You're not spending the whole 
day, morning till evening. Cooking, cleaning. Right. The whole afternoon cooking and cleaning and setting everything up for it. You did you you did that Saturday. Right. And then your Sunday is actually well, and I know they did it because Doug had to preach every Sunday. Mm -hmm. So he didn't feel like, you know, preaching on Sunday and then coming home and hosting a whole crew either. That was like the last thing he wanted to do after preaching all morning. So it was practical as well. Yeah. And so we started doing that. They have uh, a short kind of catechism that they run through at the beginning with their kids. And it's a lot of basic questions and blessings and prayers that mm-hmm. what does it last like three four minutes maybe yeah like something five, like that maybe five, five minutes seven minutes and um so i took what he had and made my own modifications to it which and, is a very grant van bremer thing to do <laughs> and um and so then we we go through our we go through our little catechism and prayers and stuff sing the doxology with the kids and then we feast. That's yeah. how it kicks off. Yeah, and everyone kind of has settled into their own like way of preparing for the oh. Sabbath in our family. I think we lost Poots again. Oh, no. oh. here he is. Here he uh-huh, is. He's back. Hey. He's back. That was magical. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's my internet or your guys. So. I don't know. I don't know. It could be. Poots just went through a death and resurrection right here. His <laughs> <laughs> very own Sabbath. Sorry, me. Sorry, me. Great. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I, was I, was, saying, I was tracking with all the things you were saying there. Nice, <laughs> nice. I was just saying, in in our family, everyone has kind of like their own way of preparing too. Like our mm-hmm. youngest daughter loves to set the table. She loves to make the table pretty. It's kind of her Sabbath job to like get all the dishes out, make sure the napkins are ironed and like it's a whole thing. And she loves it. It's like playing house. That's her way of like prepping for Sabbath, you know? And so all of us kind of have our, our thing. Um, Anyway, mm-hmm. that's how we do it, mostly. We love having people over too, right? So this is yeah, we've had we've always, friends over several times. Always loved hosting. We've always had community groups in our home. We've always like every holiday we can possibly host and celebrate. Like we're about it, even the dumb ones. And so why not have a big kickoff celebration for like the best holiday, like the Sabbath, the, the, resur- the resurrection, yeah. the Lord's Day. Like let's right. celebrate that every week. Let's mm-hmm. do it right. Heck yeah. Um, yeah. Then we do worship the next day and then really try to. And there's always leftovers, which is great because That's then you don't have to cook on the Lord's Day, yeah. which is wonderful. Heck yeah. You get cake on the Lord's Day that you didn't even make on the Lord's Day. <laughs> How much more glorious <laughs> can that get? <laughs> That's your incentive. <laughs> Uh, righty yes um in your last episode you'd mentioned matt chandler the problems with matt chandler and you also mentioned david platt calling him woke do you have an example i don't know of any examples so i think this is just like they haven't heard of anything that Mm -hmm. i think matt chandler's pretty out there at this point of you know yes his atrocities and sins before the lord right uh do you know of the specific examples with david platt uh not off the top of my head if i was able to 
find it. I could, so but... David Platt, this, this is the one that I know of in uh, particular recently, okay. is his church is not meeting because of the COVID-19 thing. Okay. It was not deemed safe. He's in Virginia, right? Yeah, Virginia Virginia's Beach, church, Virginia's government is crazy. So I have to give David Platt like the benefit of the doubt there. Like True. his his governor is absolutely crazy. terrible. Like yeah. literally screws loose all over the place. Yeah. Um so I don't doubt that it actually is hard for his church to meet. Mm-hmm. However, um this this happened on the Lord's day. He said we are not meeting due to COVID-19, the risk of infection is high. Please, you know, basically don't come to church. We're not having it. But then he also sent out another tweet and an email, I think, to his church members telling them where the local Black Lives Matter protest is going to be held. And I think it was at like two o'clock or something. Gave them the time and the address for the Black Lives Matter rally. And he encouraged all his members to go out to the rally and pray and sing with the other people who were at this rally. That was the specific thing that I really did not appreciate from David Platt. Pudi, I know this is tough for you right now. Yeah, it's, it's hard. My, if my wife hears this part, um, she might stab me with a knife because David <laughs> Platt is like up there for her. Um, my, my, <laughs> oh, this is terrible. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a terribly bad person here. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you ever get a sense of somebody who, like, there's, there's a black out there? Um, yeah. I, I think platter sometimes can be, like, too sensitive for his own good. If that, like, mm-hmm. does that, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, where he's, like, I think, he, I think he's the kind of guy whose heart is just broken for everybody all the time. Like, missions bleeding heart like community like the people in his in his sphere Mm -hmm. and so like i i can see where he would get like the i don't know if we lost audio again but i'll keep talking just in case you're good i got you i can see where he would get like sucked in very easily into the like into all of these these uh movements Mm -hmm. Um, i'm not condoning because i i think that's actually like not good to to be like (laughs) hey go support this rally when you're not meeting under the guise of yeah. danger to COVID. Yeah, I think you're right. I think he's led by his emotions a lot of the time rather than being led by the truth of scripture and actually standing up for uh, what we should be standing up for, which obviously number one would be truth uh, truth, and the ability to meet for worship, mm-hmm. right? He should be fighting on that front rather than completely giving that up and then encouraging his people to go literally do the same thing meet together sing and all that kind of stuff um for a different cause a different reason you know Mm -hmm. which the black lives matter cause is an anti-christian right i think on the episode we picked on not just david platt but also beth i think i mentioned beth more because she was one of them yep um is is chris coming back i think so I think we we had mentioned Beth Moore as mm-hmm. well because Beth Moore was the one who kind of um, I think it was a, a tweet that she had yep. put out where she basically told the world, "Hey, we need to stop going to these Black Lives Matters rallies and stop like trying to. Or we should continue to go to the rallies, but we should stop trying to preach the gospel." 
um, at these rallies. It's not what these people need right now. And so uh, Beth Moore just straight up was like, we don't need the gospel. We don't need to share the gospel. That's not what the world needs. So it wasn't just David Platt or just Matt Chandler or just Beth Moore. I think we were pretty much like there's a whole host of these evangelical teachers and leaders who have bought into this woke social justice type church. And so we weren't trying to pick on one person in particular. Um, I don't really consider no, we Beth Moore to be someone that I would ever hold in high validate regard. ever in, in general. So I guess we probably just didn't uh, spend a lot of time talking about her. True. And I'm not even as harsh on David Platt as I am at Chandler. I, like I said, I've for a very long time now stopped uh, admiring Matt Chandler. So anywho, with that, that is all I have for this Q&A. All right. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Yes. Thank you. And if you have more questions, continue to send them our way. We love being able to interact with right. you guys and and answer some of this stuff. So we hope that you enjoyed it. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. Thanks, Chris, for being on. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciated it and really enjoyed it. And we'll be back. Rebels will be back this week if they yeah. haven't already. I don't Get know excited, when this episode's people. gonna be released. It probably is already out. But uh we will do our joint episode, our big episode yep. where we all gather back together all right guys get excited a lot of new stuff coming we appreciate it we thank you and pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened by the power of the spirit until next time get woke